Are flies UFOs? And if so, what the f*** is a bee? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to the Paranormal Podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, claim, beast, and get to the bottom of whether it is true or whether it is false. And as always, I'm being joined by professional paranormal investigator, Mr. Roy Pard. Ohio gozaimasu. How you doing? How you doing today? Mokowa Roridas. Right, you've been out of the country. We get it. Yes, I have been to Los Angeles. <laughs> right, big Japanese community there, I guess. Specifically, Chinatown. Okay, so off the map, yeah. Sumimasen? Weird people there. You order some dish off the menu, they bring you something totally different. <laughs> Don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you were out of the country for a little minute. Um, how was it? A little minute being two and a half weeks. Right. The felt, heat felt was like on. Was... The heat was on with Rory Powers and I had to get the F out of H. Yeah. Um, so I went to Los Angeles for a little while, edited the podcast on the low under the, the watch of a government you can trust, America. Not a lot of people know that the UK doesn't have a constitution. No. And it's actually it pretty dicey if you get into trouble. Yeah, I've tried to plead the fifth a lot of times here in the UK, only to find that shit doesn't exist. They're, yeah. they're putting me in handcuffs, slamming my head against the bonnet of the car. I'm screeching, asking for the president. They don't have one of those f***ers either. I'm reaching for my nine mil. <laughs> Turns out you can't carry in this part of the world. So I'm like, F you a-holes, I'm going to America. <laughs> You got to immigration, breezed right through because you got that passport. Exactly. They said, welcome home, sir. <laughs> and I've spent the last couple of weeks there editing the pod. So it's been great. I have come back with a beard. Yes. True. I have aged a lot of years, uh, my time in the US, but I'm back now, back into the paranormal center, the yeah. HUD, the commune, and I'm ready for a couple more investigations. Yeah. I think the paranormal world, it works a little bit like GTA you know, you get a couple stars, you build up a bit of heat, but right. uh, that thing will pass. The police will forget about that. You get a new coat of paint in your car. They forget about it. You're good to commit another couple crimes. <laughs> Let's just say that. Let's just say that. As always, we're just going to dive right into today's investigation. And as always, I've got a doozy for you. All right. The year is 1904. In, Diving right in there. Okay. In Clifton, Virginia. You ever been to Virginia? I've never been to Virginia. Okay. Residents of Fairfax County are mad. Mad and worried. I have been to Virginia. I just remembered. Really? Yep. I actually played baseball there. Bad memory. Yeah, sorry. With a little team called the Virginia Mustangs. I'm, I'm, I delivered that in my fictional voice, but I genuinely have been to Virginia. Okay. How yes. did that go? It was hot and I was young. Major League? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> One game and the ref pulled Skid me. Skid in my goddamn glove. He found out what age I was, ripped me out of the game. Not because I was playing badly. I was carrying the goddamn team. Yeah. And actually, I have the record for the smallest baseball player to ever hit another player with a bat. So, you could say I'm somewhat of a record holder. Right. They put me in the hall of shame for that one. <laughs> my time in the big leagues, as short as my stature. <laughs> Well, what age were you? Eight? Nine? Yeah, most likely. I drew a charcoal beard on. Yeah, in Fairfax County, as the population of the area has boomed, the local asylum prison has been seen as more and more out of place. It's pretty simple. Families in the area, they don't want those crazy criminals around their families. Okay, this is really escalating quickly. Yeah, you hadn't mentioned the sane asylum once until well, you said it was you becoming cut me a off nuisance. And started talking about Major League Baseball. <laughs> pretty fast okay which you've by the way in 65 <laughs> episodes never mentioned once 
that you played for Moving Virginia. on. Sure. That's strike two, Malvena. Sorry, is that your ringtone? <laughs> Sorry about that. You know what happens at strike three? I'm out. I hit you with a bat. Oh. <laughs> That's what happened to the last guy who struck me out. <laughs> You're like, sorry, so it doesn't sound like you played Major League Baseball at all. It sounds like you went into a field and hit a guy with a bat. Correct. <laughs> I was small. I slipped through security's arms and hit Greg Maddox in the shin with a baseball bat. To recap, Insane Asylum, in Fairfax County, people don't like it. They want rid of it. Got it. You can imagine the talk on the streets. All right, well, you can help me here. What's a Virginia accent like? going to be redneck, isn't it? Right. Regardless. We don't like those crazy people out in the insane asylum me- me- messing around with our town. Get those loons out of this town. Exactly. Can't they go somewhere else? Well, the townspeople got their way eventually, and after months and months of campaigning and rallying signatures, it was settled. The inmates of Clifton's asylum would be transferred to a different facility, leaving the sleepy town in peace once and for all. Okay. Or was it? Oh. And on the day they closed the rusty doors of that asylum for the last time, they slowly boarded every inmate onto buses headed to their new home. Fifteen trucks lined up in the yard, officers pacing up and down the outside, counting heads. All right, head out. They chug up the road in a convoy. Well, at the new facility, officers start pulling inmates off the trucks, marching them single file inside. Well, that's the last of them. No, no, no. There's more. We had another driver. Look, the, the whole convoy's here. They came together. There were 15 trucks. I count only 14 here. Crap. They must have got broken down and left behind. Oh, hell. Turn one of these trucks around and find them, will you? They double back on themselves, retracing the route along the road. And before long, they find the 15th convoy. There's that son of a bitch. It's a wreck. On its side, wheels busted, smoke pouring out. My god. The driver is slumped over. Dead. <gasps> He's dead. Some inmates inside the back. Also dead. They're all dead. <laughs> they must have hit someone or something on the road. But the officers knew there was not a second to lose. Listen up, motherfuckers. There are escaped men from that convoy. Find them. Now, dead or alive. Kit's giving me the hand signal to stop it, but I'm going to keep on improving because I feel like I got a real grasp on this. Look, I kissed my wife this morning and left for this job. It's not an easy Too job, but I will murder any man, woman, or child detail. that gets in my way. Off script. Does that make off me story. the crazy one? And they're saying quite possibly. I really wish you would. Say but that's why they call me Lex this guy, Shotgun. Not his name. Blast. Bad name. Move out. Yes, Lex, sir. They run out into the surrounding wilderness, listening for absolutely anything. Luckily, they managed to corral most of the inmates back to the site of the crash. Got him. But at this point, it's dusk, and they have to call off the hunt before it gets too dangerous. It's too dark. I'm scared of that. Lex Shotgun Blast is scared of the dark. Does that make me crazy? That's how he ends all his conversations. Am I the crazy one here? <laughs> he's he's not, it's not rhetorical. <laughs> Completely serious. Does that make me crazy? Should I be out there in the woods with those guys? Was I the one that crashed the bus? Who knows? (laughs) He's got blood in his hands. (laughs) Forget it. We'll start looking again in the morning. Poor son of a bitch will probably get himself killed by then anyway. Well, morning came, and there was still one prisoner missing, with no traces. And there was no trace the next day either. Authorities kept a lookout, but he had successfully escaped. Nonetheless... 
Residents of Fairfax County slept soundly knowing that Clifton Asylum was empty and its door locked for good. They felt safe. That is, until a few weeks later. A mother and child are walking along a wooded path. The woman lets out a scream. The kid looks around, but their mum covers their eyes before they can see the corpse of a dead rabbit, skinned with chunks missing, hanging tied from a tree. The problem was, this started happening more and more. Word was spreading throughout the town. What's more, word was spreading about the crash and the missing inmate too. This increased pressure on local police to search the woods again. So what we're seeing here is, I'm going to go ahead and assume this escaped man is now in the woods, living off of the wilderness. Yeah, pretty much. Because this is, you know, if he's, if it's, you see a dead rabbit skinned alive, that's pretty creepy. Dead rabbit skinned <clears throat> alive hanging from a tree, that moves into the survival category. That yeah. is no longer scary. Right. Chunks missing. He's eating him. He's chowed down, obviously. A little bit. I Had guess. Like a bit of it. Maybe yeah. he's catching so many rabbits, he only... He can afford to just only eat the good parts. I guess. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so like Robert Mignon of <laughs> rabbit carcasses. So it's still like, it's just hanging up like rabbit eyes and asshole and tail. Maybe you don't want to eat any of that stuff. But all the rest of the rabbit is gone. Or they're just like, this sick son of a bitch was skinning rabbits and hanging them up. He's like, oh, I just, it's like KFC. I just like the skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah he doesn't want to eat bit. like the horrible stuff. He's like, I'm not a monster. I'm just crazy. <laughs> Tiny rabbit hairs all over his face. So the police split up and head out to try and find who was doing this. They might have wished it was a wild animal, but just as you say, animals can't tie knots or use rope, so it probably wasn't. It was probably a person. Right. They paced nervously, but eventually the officers heard, Over here! They came running. Please tell me that was an officer and not the sound of a... Okay, it was an officer. (laughs) They couldn't believe it. Hanging from a railroad bridge near Colchester Road, the mutilated body of a missing person. Whoa! Marcus Wallster, done just like the bunnies. In fact, this incident caused the bridge to be named Bunny Man Bridge. Needless to say, officials now had a murder case on their hands, and they had a prime suspect, the missing inmate, Douglas J. Griffin. The notorious bunny eater, Douglas J. Griffin. (laughs) But what they didn't have was any clue to his whereabouts. They'd already tried and failed to find him even before the murder. All right, look, I'm going to save these these pigs a lot of time. All right. You go to the nearest pet store and buy a box of rabbits. You set those bunnies loose in the woods with um, tags around their necks. It's 1904. Shit. All right. Wow. So I guess they didn't have pet shops then. Yeah. Fine. fine. So you get wild rabbits, put chips in their necks. Yeah. You have to get the wild ones and then track the chips. Okay. To find this guy. Good idea. Boom. Alternate plan. Fill the rabbits with dynamite. You wait till this sick son of a bitch shows up and tries to string one up and kabam. Alternate plan. Dress officers as rabbits. I like where your head's at, Mulvena. You know who agrees with you? Lex shotgun blast. <laughs> I like where your head's at, kid. Where is this bastard now? Who knows what he could do next? Now, at this point in the story, the line between fact and legend becomes very blurry. So I now give you, Rory, the power to determine how this story ends. Legend. You're the police chief. Oh, okay. Lex. Shotgun blast. Shotgun blast. Lex blast, my friends. Pretty long. You're the police chief. Do you A. 
Call in support from Fairfax County. Start a large-scale armed search for the bastard before he can strike again. Or B. Conserve efforts. Wait for him to make his next move, relying on a slip-up to bust the perp. This is cool. So are these different ways the stories were told? Yes. And I'm choosing which option we want to explore. Yes. Let's go hunt this son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. That's right. Of course you're going to track him down. So you radio into headquarters and before long you've got armed backup and you're marching through that forest. Sure enough, you catch a glimpse of the sick you and your boys run and gun, time crisis style. Try to take out his legs before he escapes. But right before you do, you hear an oncoming train about to pass under Bunny Man Bridge. This is in. That's when the Bunny Man leaps in front of it, smushed instantly. <laughs> As you recoil in horror, you hear the laugh of the Bunny Man echo throughout the woods. <laughs> you receive a phone call from one of the guys at the asylum. Hey, just returning your call about the background of the murder suspect. He was sent down for murdering his whole family. On Easter Sunday. Right. Obviously, this is the legend, right? Because who who's telling this story? That they saw a man jump, a bunny man jump, hop in front of a train. The police. The police told this, did they? Yeah. Do you have a name for this policeman? Storyline B. <laughs> Of course, you're gonna bide your time. Right. You think the county feds are gonna send a death squad into that forest? That's right, we wait until the bunny man strikes again. Next thing you know, it's October 31st, also known as Halloween. And some teens are hanging out, drinking and getting frisky over at Bunny Man Bridge. I guess they thought it would be cool. Except, uh-oh, Bunny Man doesn't take kindly to teens hanging out at his bridge. I don't know anything about this Bunny Man, by the way. It went from... Finding a couple rabbits to all of a sudden he killed a man. Has he done anything else? How do they know it's the bunny man? Yeah, he hasn't done anything else. Oh, right. So just the one murder? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I guess we know that he is uh, deranged. He's in an asylum. Okay. Uh, may or may not be for killing his family on Easter Sunday. Got it. Uh, he skins Most likely not. animals, such as rabbits, okay. strings them up, uh, doesn't eat them. Uh, and he murdered someone and skinned them and strung them up. So, comparing him to the legendary Goat Man, we're not talking about some creature here that's half goat, half man, like half bunny, half man. There is an interesting parallel there, which I will bring up later. Okay. You will see it is for more reasons than one. Okay, okay. Yeah, the bunny man doesn't take kindly to teens hanging out the bridge. Next thing, the teens are skinned and strung up like old Marcus Wallster over there, and you're taking the rap as police chief. So basically, in one version of the story, the bunny man becomes a Halloween curse of sorts. And in the other, he commits suicide, but in a kind of weird paranormal way where his laugh echoes out into the forest. Right, that's how I want to go. In front of a... what? In front of a train and then screaming something echoing into the dark of the forest. What that's would be how I the last go. words? My last words. That's a really good question. When, you know, not like deathbed last words, like in front of a train. In front of the train? Something kind of cool and poetic. I was going to say just to f*** with people, maybe like... <laughs> okay, we're going very different roads here. <laughs> maybe just like start a sentence that you're going to have a big reveal. Right, like, you the turn gold around. is buried in the... Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It was I who... Because <laughs> I was thinking something like philosophical, right. like something really meaningful. Okay. Like a lifelong question. Like, you know, right before you die, you couldn't cry out, like, how I ever, have I ever lived? But you would thought... It has like, to be wistful. <laughs> But you want your last sentence on earth to trick people 
into being disappointed right well, for until they die i see where you're coming from also i see where you're coming from you know you could cut you could say something kind of yeah like poetically looking back in your life like i'm i truly was the best no that's that's not poetic or philosophical that's just a statement yeah. that's kind of narcissistic as well but that when i look back at my life that's what i will think that's what you want to echo through the darkness of the forest? Yes. What about something like, you know, um, every path took me here. You know, something cool, like it was inevitable. Okay. It was, you know, something really, uh, really makes people think when they hear it. Okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, everyone else was wrong and I was right. Would that echo cool? Weirdly yes. meaner, less philosophical. I think we should move on. I'll, I've got some years to workshop this. Apparently before. so, yeah. yeah. Although if your statement has told us anything, it's that you should die now, not really later. Harsh. You shouldn't be given the time to really think harsh, more. Really harsh, dude. Actually, really harsh, to be fair. That's what I'm going to cry out when I get hit. I wish it was Kit! <laughs> Do you imagine, like, camping in the woods, you know, with your son on a, on a camping trip, like, cooking s'mores by the fire, having a great mm -hmm. time, and all you hear is, like, <laughs> like, train coming in the distance, and then just the echoing, like, cry of someone just go, I wasted this life! <laughs> I wasted this life. I wasted this life. And you're like awkward silent with your awkward silence with your son. Just like that was a <laughs> harrowing thing to hear. <laughs> it never gets better. Uh, Dreams are lies. Although hearing you acted out just now, it does make me think that if you see someone jump in front of a train. Yeah. And their last words echo out into the woods. Maybe they didn't get hit by the train. Maybe he jumped right past it over the tracks. My God. Maybe that's why he hurt, you know, it's less paranormal, but maybe the, he really was just laughing as he ran away. Can you imagine that? Or in the words of Lex Blast, could you imagine that? Why is Lex Blast always voicing a perfume ad? <laughs> what, would, what would his <laughs> fragrance be? Gunpowder. I knew that was going. <laughs> By Lex Shotgun Blast. It's like his commercial is like it's a black and white forest and he's like running, running through it. Like, he stops on the train tracks and the train's like coming towards him. Yes. And he spray, it's like slow motion and he sprays on uh -huh. the Lex shotgun blast gunpowder gun for men. Yes. And the train hits him and shatters into a thousand pieces. Into a thousand crystals. And he turns to the camera and goes, is that so hard to believe? Yes, dude. <laughs> that's, the, that's the trailer. And then it like pans out and it's like, Gunpowder by Lex Shotgun Blast for men. And everyone who's watching goes, what? What the f*** was that? Do I buy a gun now? People get crazy with the perfume jars. Yeah. So his will be really distasteful and it's just a gun you have to turn on yourself <laughs> to spray it. It comes with like, you can buy the box set of the mouthwash handgun you have to put in your mouth. <laughs> pull the trigger to make it minty fresh. Oh, Jesus. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Rory, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Like, run a bath, call a friend on the phone. Ooh, an extra hour. Mm. Probably plot revenge. What? Plot revenge against my enemies. Okay, Sure, well... I'd start with Keith. Well, like Rory... Oh, a lot just of us, saying his name! <laughs> a lot of us wish we had more time. But if we had it, what would we use it for? In life, the best way to feel like we have time is to prioritise what's most important to us and make time for it. Therapy can be a great way of looking inward and setting those priorities. Hey, I've got a priority, brother. Priority mailing this bag of dog poop to Keith's front door. Honestly, prioritise literally anything else. Therapy can help you gain life skills, set boundaries and communicate better. Well, I would like to communicate some thoughts to Keith. If you're thinking about trying therapy though, why not start with BetterHelp? It's all online so it fits beautifully around your lifestyle. All you gotta do is fill out a questionnaire and kablam, they match you with a licensed therapist, which you can of course change at any time. You can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Thanks BetterHelp. Christ. Some say that to this day, if you drive past Bunnyman Bridge... You can see rabbits hanging from the overpass. And if you're unlucky, maybe the bunny man himself. Immediate thoughts on the story so far? It's a crazy story. Mm -hmm. I don't have any proof or evidence. Okay. I would love to, if you have it, see a photo of some of these strung up rabbits. uh, If you have such in your documents. I think my laptop just died. Ah, that's unlucky. That is unlucky. Think the uh, I think the internet also died, so do not try. So to you don't have up. thoughts. <laughs> I think uh, like, HQ I'm actually is on pretty lockdown. tired, so I think I'm gonna go to sleep. Uh, yeah, my immediate thoughts at this stage are: this is weird. The fact that this story has several different endings indicates that it's pretty much in the realm of legend at present. Well, it's quite similar to uh, last week, I believe, when we were investigating the case of Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. And I had to reiterate a number of times throughout the episode, this is maybe one of four different legends that uh, are used to explain this curse. Yeah. That also has a multiple amount of outcomes Mm -hmm. and ways to kind of initiate the curse. It's one of these very loose stories. And I feel like we're getting the same kind of thing with the bunny man. The realms between fiction and this reality of the escaped convict are being blurred very dramatically, Mm -hmm. which is a fun story to talk about, but it's very difficult when it comes to distinguishing what is true and what is false. Which is what this podcast is all about. Absolutely. Now, at this point, we're all wondering the same thing. How much of this story is actually true? Where is the evidence? And I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. There are large holes in this story. Rabbit holes. (laughs) The second facility the inmates were being transported to was supposedly Lorton Prison. Problem is, Lorton Prison didn't open until 12 years later in 1916. Mm. Furthermore, there are no court records for a Douglas Griffin in Fairfax County, the alleged identity of the Bunnyman. 
And worst of all, there was never even an insane asylum in Fairfax. That's a pretty big deal. Fairfax County archivist Brian Connolly goes as far to say that this version of the story is, quote, demonstrably false. This is normally where we would say, I guess there's nothing to it, and we would come to conclusions. But there is more to the story. Working in Fairfax, Brian Connolly got so many questions about the bunny man that he wanted to research it for himself and get to the bottom of it for good. In 2002, he published his findings, a definitive paper on the history of the bunny man, which I will link in the Patreon show notes, folks, those will be online. So he spent years trawling through state records, reading through over 500 cases of murder in Fairfax County over the last 100 years. That's so sad. Yeah, and I did read in his notes, which you can see on our Patreon show notes. Yeah, there's a lot of tragic, awful stories there. Yeah, that's all. I mean, like, if I wake up in the morning, like last week, and I found out Coco the gorilla died, like, I, I didn't talk for days. I was heartbroken. Like, so if I read about a murder case... Yeah. I'm done, man. I'm done for the month. Postata. Exactly. So imagine like, researching 500 murder cases. You're going to have a pretty low opinion of humanity at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why we hate almost everyone. <laughs> yeah. So much I could just murder them. Not like Coco. Coco would never do that shit. Coco was an angel. But he found nothing in those murder cases until he remembered mentioned that whilst the events took place in the early 1900s, it only became popular legend in the 70s. So he, he thought, okay, let's narrow down the search for newspaper articles from the region in and around 1970. And his mind was blown. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett told police that shortly after midnight last Sunday, he and his fiancée were sitting in a car when a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears ran from the nearby bushes and shouted, You're on private property and I have your tag number. The rabbit threw a wooden-handled hatchet through the front car window, the first-year cadet told police. As soon as he threw the hatchet, the rabbit skipped off into the night, police said. Bennett and his fiancée were not injured. A man wearing a furry rabbit suit with two long ears appeared. Again, on Guinea Road in Fairfax County Thursday night, police reported, this time wielding an axe and chopping away a roof support on a new house. Less than two weeks ago, a man wearing what was described as a rabbit suit accused two persons in a parked car of trespassing and heaved a hatchet through a closed window of the car at 5400 Guinea Road. They were not hurt. Paul Phillips, a private security guard for a construction company, said he saw the rabbit standing on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house. I started talking to him, Phillips said, and that's when he started chopping. All you people trespass around here, Phillips said the rabbit told him as he whacked eight gashes into the pole. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. Phillips said he walked back to his car to get his handgun, but the rabbit, carrying the long-handled axe, ran off into the woods. So, ba so basically, he learned that around the 70s in right. the kind of virginia area there was uh, apparently around 5400 guinea road in this area so one road one road there was uh a bunny man okay and he did do some crazy shit he tried to uh chop down wooden supports for houses he threw hatchets through car windscreens i feel like if you're gonna pick a signature weapon like make sure it's something that you're good with because there was a number of occasions he tried to throw the hatchet and he missed and no one was hurt. It's like pick a pick something you're good at. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like 
he mainly used it because it was heavy. It like smashed through a windscreen, but like yeah. it never actually chopped anyone. Yeah, I imagine him like trying to chop the support beam as well. And he's doing that thing where he like, ah, like hits it once and then it's like stuck in the wood and he can't like get it out. And he's like, I also like the way he threatened to bust someone on the head and the guy immediately went to get his gun and the body man <laughs> ran away. Really keeping in, in tune with the spirit of a rabbit. <laughs> Very easily frightened. Yeah, so a lot of confusing different um, things going on there. He said about people always trespassing, but yet he was the one dressed as a rabbit running around the woods, yeah. cutting down houses. Conley even managed to talk to one of the couples that was affected by the bunny man, and whilst they didn't want to talk too much about it, they did confirm it happened. So basically, what we're left with is a true story, but one that's totally different to the original legend. Right. But is it paranormal? <laughs> what do you make of this case, Rory? I love that to end it, you were like, we've got two versions, and the one we just told is not paranormal. But is the whole story paranormal? <laughs> What am I supposed to do? I researched this topic and then it turns out it's all bull crap. That was a tough carrot to chew. We're seeing a lot of similarities between this and the goat man. A lot of people online, including cryptologists and other paranormal researchers, mm-hmm. have made this connection. Yeah, we, we're, we're seeing this basically a man in the woods. <laughs> upset with people being on his territory or trespassing he's got an axe or a hatchet and he's trying to scare them off right um with the legend of the goat man that was a much more and if you haven't listened to that episode i think that was episode like two or yeah. maybe one actually it might I think have it was been number one the first ever episode you should go back and listen to that if you haven't listened we to haven't it come very far <laughs> you might say um Turns out the rabbit hole is a goddamn loop. <laughs> we started digging up somehow. <laughs> I should have known because it got really hard. <laughs> that was a bit more paranormal because the legend in that story was essentially a creature that was half man, half goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, had goat-like legs, goat-like hooves, but also the the mannerisms and part body of a human Mm -hmm. that's a very paranormal story and i believe we ruled on that one as being not paranormal and it was most likely just a angry man in the woods with an axe i think that's what we decided and again as i said we're seeing similarities between the goat man and the bunny man to the point where i'm likely going to follow down that same path we went down in the first episode and most likely steer this into the realms of reality i think this is an angry man with a bunny suit throwing hatchets pathetically at trespassers <clears throat> i think conley did some uh, tremendous work on picking apart fact from fiction on this story and basically we've established that all the kind of delicious details of the insane asylum the yeah. the Those moving eggs. train the, egg, the easter, easter sunday eggs. murder and the after him dying his laugh carrying out into the forest that that all never happened yeah it patently untrue and i think for that reason it's going to be a no a no for me as well unfortunately but an amazing story and thank you to amy grisdale for sending that one into us hey thank you amy if you have any of your own thoughts opinions stories you can send those into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com i will be putting all of conley's research as well as uh pics and all the other information about this case in the patreon show notes We don't run any ads for this podcast. The only way to support us is via Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where from two bucks a month, you can get 
Patreon show notes from five. You can get bonus episodes from 20 bucks. You can get merchandise. And actually, speaking of um, the Patreon and the money we've raised so far, we actually just splashed some of that sweet cash on brand new microphones for the podcast. And now we have beautiful brand new microphones, new stands, so we don't need our old ones with pop shields. Uh, We've got a little recording table as well to make the whole setup really comfortable and nice. So if you guys want to know where some of the money is going for what you've contributed so far, it's up in the quality and up in the production of the podcast. So thank you so much. So hopefully this is sounding delicious in your ears <laughs> and we can get our npr voices on yeah. for future episodes gunpowder <laughs> for men that's so hard to believe out <laughs> a um, thousand dollars you get a bottle of gunpowder for men the new fragrance by lex shotgun blast it's clearly a bottle of lombardi where he scraped out <laughs> the word lombardi and it Repurpose says gunpowder actually for the longest time now, since we've had our Patreon, you've been able to pick up um, this Paranormal Life Praise Ra t-shirts. And I know lots of you out in the Paranormal Nation have been rocking those, enjoying those t-shirts. And um, praising Ra till the sun goes up. Which is what it's all about. Exactly. Those t-shirts were, um, as intended in the beginning, always going to be a limited run. And we are almost out of those. Yeah. So this is your notice, folks, that if you ever were thinking about pulling the trigger on picking up one of those Praise Ra t-shirts, this is the week to do it. Absolutely. That shirt is going to be gone, but we're already working on the next reward item to fill that $20 slot. So keep an eye out for that as well. We'll be announcing that and tweeting about it uh, later on in the week. Whenever uh, whenever people support us on Patreon, we like to shout them out right here in the podcast. And um, that's what we're going to do right here, right now. Shout All out right. some people who have recently um, become our patrons. Thank you to Perry Van de Geer. Van de Geer. Van de Gaffar. Vanda, wherever you are, I believe your contribution goes far. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, donating to the Patreon. Perry, thank you so much, Perry, for your contribution. Thank you, Perry. Thank you also to Zion the Human. <laughs> that really seems like something an alien would call themselves. I'm just right. throwing out there. Right, right, right. I thought you were going to say like a human. Because they didn't spell human right. Right. They spelled it who-man. Who does, brother? <laughs> Amen to that, am I right? Not everyone can read what it says in their passport, okay? You're like, spell human right now. Fine. G. Wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much for your contribution, Zion. Thank you too, Matthew Walrond. Thank you, Matthew. And I know he's someone we can rely on because Matrix style, when the bullets start flying... He can wall run his way out of danger. So I know he's good for it. Thank you too. John Campbell. John Campbell, I don't want to ramble. I'm going to get straight to the point here, buddy. Thanks for the Patreon contribution to be specifically. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you too. Orlando Zelaya Pena. Orlando the Liar Pena. Don't trust a goddamn word that comes out of his mouth. That's all I got to say on the matter. <laughs> Sure, he's generous, but he is a liar. He is a cheat. We're Granted, he, all, he, he always pays his debts. He's actually really honest about that. Right. Um, but everything else. Lies. <laughs> really nice dude, though. Super trustworthy. Like, nicest guy I've ever met. But straight up liar. <laughs> Thank you, too. Mark Priest. Are you an angel, Mark Priest? Because I Mark need your Priest. blessing. What? Priest. Don't interrupt Priest. me. 
Mark what? Even when you're wrong? Don't interrupt you when you're wrong? When you're saying someone's name wrong, you're thanking the wrong person? Mark Priest, thank you. <laughs> right, well, if it's Mark Priest, that kind of throws off my priest pun. Are you a rabbi, Mark Priest? <laughs> Because I really want to get a religious joke in here before yeah, the end of the I pod. Yeah, because I need this today. We're trying to hit every demo. So thank you for the contribution. Shalom. Lahaya to you. Toda. Toda. Thank you to Ryan Furtado. Nelly's son? Ryan? Holy shit. I didn't know we had a celebrity con- contributing to the Patreon. Could you... Everyone else stop listening. This is just for Ryan's ear. Could you set up a meeting with, with Nelly? Nelly? I would possible? really like to meet I think Nelly. That would be, I think he would like the pod. I think he would be interested in investing in the pod. I think that would be very productive. Because yeah. no matter what I do, oh, all I think about is your dad, Nelly. So a meeting would really help me out. Uh, so thank you for the contribution, but really please set us up with, a, with Nelly. We need that phone number. Yeah. Or Kelly. Wasn't it Nelly and Kelly that sang that song? Wow. I wonder if like our young listeners will know that. Thank you to Jordan Guy. Jordan Guy, he's a pretty fly guy. And that guy, I know he tries to be beside the law, but he's not. He has to obey it just like any other citizen. Not like us, though. No, we get a pass. We're above the law. The commune has a different set of laws. Yeah. We won't get into it. It'll become apparent when you guys We join. only have one law, and it's right. f- the rules. You'll learn that when you get here. The, that law is enforced very strictly, however. <laughs> the law about no rules is religiously enforced. And if you break it, you're out. That's rule number two. <laughs> you only said there was one rule. <laughs> and that was that there's no laws. <laughs> so as you know, Jordan, uh, the commune is a confusing place, but you're going to love it when you get here. Thank you, too. JK Webb. Thanks for your contribution, J.K. Webb, you spidery bastard. That's right, you spun me a tail, you spun me a web, and you've spun a couple of coins into the the web of the paranormal pals. Uh, upon closer inspection, sure, they are flies. They are flies. Your currency. I eat flies. Hey, no Kid judgment here, brother. Um, so thank you so much, we appreciate that. Thank you too, Corey Petsnick. How is your Petsnick, Corey? Is it going well? Is it going swimmingly? <laughs> Pets, snakes can't swim. They don't have arms. Silence. Thank you to you, Corey. Thank you to Joel Plunkett. Joel Plunkett threw some coins in the bunket of the paranormal pals, to which we are eternally grateful. A lot of people would say, funk it. I don't care. But we appreciate it a lot. So thank you, Joel. Alunkit, which was a lot, but I really forced that last one. <laughs> Thank you, lastly, but not leastly, to Asher Turnbull. You know they say it takes seven miles to turn a bull around, <laughs> but I'm glad you... Who says that? ...turned that puppy around in the direction of the paranormal peasants. Why would you be glad he did that? Turned a bull on us? <laughs> <laughs> Knocked over a bunch of other peasants. We took their shit and we rode out of there bull style <laughs> thank you so, so much thank you asher for contributing um to our patreon via bull <laughs> <laughs> thank you to everyone that we've shouted out thus far and everyone we are yet to shout out if you haven't heard your name shouted out in the podcast that is because your shout out is coming on a future episode uh, we are getting there and but- remember folks when the naysayers in your life you know you're trying to tell them a story and and they're 
you're saying, oh, did you know the moon isn't real? It's an alien spaceship. And they're saying, no, 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 it's definitely not. You look them dead in the eyes and you say, that's so hard to believe. And then you put the barrel of gunpowder for men in your mouth, uh-huh. give it a spritz and walk off into the sunset, just like Lex shotgun blast would do. Adios. <laughs> Every now and then, Rory and I come across a podcast that we simply have to tell you about because we know that TPL listeners are gonna love it. That's why I'm so pleased to say that this episode is brought to you by The Luke and Pete Show. This is pretty cool because Luke and Pete are friends of ours and they just happen to also be podcast royalty. The Luke and Pete Show is one of the top ranking podcasts in the UK comedy charts. Oh yeah, and if you thought this paranormal life is crazy and chaotic, this show has absolutely no rules. Unscripted, unplanned, unsupervised. I think the only rule is that it is technically, legally a podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson bring you the world's strangest stories. From Luke's belief in UFO conspiracy theories to Elon Musk's latest attempts to be cool. The Luke and Pete Show community is a broad church and everyone's welcome. I am personally highly invested in Pete's journey to importing a vintage Toyota Century limousine from Japan. I think last time I checked, he got the car and didn't have keys for it. So uh, I'm looking forward to what the next bad thing that happens is. Yeah, I don't know a lot about cars, but I think keys are pretty important to the whole machine. Right. Listen now wherever you get your podcast. The Luke and Pete Show every Monday and Thursday.